They each have a story of, of a certain crazy breakthrough. A fish can't know what fire is. A fish lives in water. If it exists on a physical dimension, it must also exist on a spiritual dimension. Whatever you do, it's with Hashem in the forefront of your mind. Don't try to be someone that you're not. The way to do it is to start climbing the ladder step by step. That's that's the ladder approach. He says only when it comes to avoid this Hashem for some reason, people want to jump to the top. You know, people that just annoy you and you have absolutely no way to deal with it. He grew in Lavan's house. That's where he became great. And he had to live in his house. We had to see him in the morning for the coffee. Bruchim Aboyim. Welcome everyone. We're about to begin Bez Hashem, another podcast, another Torah Savik the chat with my brother and co-host Joel Wall or Moishi Woolhandler. What's your name by the way? Is it are you is it Moishi Woolhandler? Is it Joel Wall? People ask me. They're confused. I find it so insulting. I mean does does anyone go with the Ishai Ribo and say is your name Ribovich? He goes by Ribo, and that's it. I, his name is, you know, Sumer Ribovich. Doesn't matter. Um, so, as you know, growing up together at home, I was Maishi. I still am Maishi at home. Even though uh, one of the brothers, one of our brothers that, that I work with, uh, started calling me Joel lately. But my full name is Joel Maisha. And at work, I go by Joel. And uh, my friends know me as Moishi. Okay, so we established it. So your your actual name is just Moishi Woolhandler. It's just Joel Wool is just the brand name. Okay, Parshas Vayetze. So our first, uh, the first piece over here is called Career of Preparing. And uh, Rav Miller goes in over here about how he says, Parshas Vayetze, the first Pasuk over there is the longest Pasuk in the Torah. He says, and then there were there were fourteen years in the middle of that pasuk between him leaving his parents' house to going to Lavan's house. There were fourteen years. What's shot? Your mother told you to go get married, to go to her family's uh, birthplace and find a cow over there, and you disappear for fourteen years. So Ramila here says it's like. A, a, a mother tells her child in the winter, go out to the grocery and get some milk. Does she have to say, take your coat, put on your coat, and go out to the grocery and get some milk? No, obviously. If she tells you to go get milk and it's in the winter, it's cold, so you put on your coat first. So he says, if your mother said you should go get married, you can't just go get married. It needs preparation. And that's the subject of this booklet. Yeah, no, I have nothing to add to that. So I, I wanted to add to that, um, that first of all, we were talking about Yaakov Avinu, that Yaakov needed 14 years of study before he got married. Yaakov Avinu grew up in the home of Yitzchak and Rivka. It says, Vayavveha. he loved her. It was a beautiful, loving home. It was, it was the home of the Avis. And if Yaakov Avinu, who grew up in such a home, needed 14 years of preparation, today in our generation, we need 140 years of preparation, at least, before you get married. So that's that's one 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 point that I wanted to make. It's 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 an important point because people think they're going to learn before. If everybody there's all these courses nowadays and all this learning going on, all this awareness, why is the divorce rate still so high? And the answer is you can't prepare. There's certain things that you have to you have to learn on the job. You need to prepare properly. It takes 140 years. That's uh, that's my take here. Um, so are you are you saying are you saying marriage these days is is hopeless? 
No, it's, it's very hopeful. It's just that the preparation is sort of hopeless. The, the, the idea that you're going to go sit, you're going to go sit in Husen class and they're going to tell you that, uh, every day, make sure to give your wife two compliments and make sure to, uh, make her a coffee when you wake up and to buy her a gift once a week. That doesn't work. That sort of preparation. That's not the preparation we're talking about here. Real preparation means really working on your character. And that's a different piece later on over here that we'll get to soon. Can but, we agree um, that Husen classes sh should happen a year after the wedding as well? Definitely. That's, that's my position. That's my position. That's why a couple of years ago I did a, um, a teleconference called the Ravigda Miller's Marriage Insurance. And it was specifically geared to married men, not to Hassanim. Because it's like, I feel like it's, it's, um, the Rambam says somewhere, he, he used an expression. He says, it's like fire to a fish. And then I saw that Rambam was like, oh, like a fish, a fish can't know what fire is. A fish lives in water. It doesn't have, a fish doesn't have a concept of fire. So when you talk about marriage to a, to a Bacher, as much as you'll prepare him and as much as, again, maybe 140 years of preparation, maybe, maybe he would know. But um, just to give him a few classes in the course of a few weeks or a few months before he gets married, I don't think that could really make a, a difference, my opinion. But back into the, back into the, to the parasha over here, when he, when he finishes off this booklet, ends off, the booklet career of preparing, he, he, it, it sort of, it starts off with marriage and then it segues into other things. Everything in life you have to prepare. Everything, everything needs preparation. Before you start speaking, you need to prepare. Um, there's a well-known, there's a medrash in, in Seif of Ayikra, I think the beginning of, of, of Medrash of Ayikra, I think it is. The medrash says that, Hashem, before speaking to Moshe Rabbeinu, before giving over the Torah, he prepared. If you're going to give a speech, you have to prepare for it. You can't just fall into anything. Everything you do, you should prepare. So there's just a, a, a great quote here from Rabbi Miller. He says, in everything you do, prepare ahead of time. So you should be doing it with Hashem in the forefront of your mind. And it's just, just, a, great, just a great line. Whatever you do, it's with Hashem in the forefront of your mind. This is a topic that's actually quite hard, and some of the other topics this week is a little bit hard to expound on or expand on because these are very, 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 very hard um, and challenging uh, objectives to, to actually prepare for marriage, to actually learn how to go up a ladder and, and all these other things that we're discussing today. So. I don't have much to say, but let's, let's continue. No, the truth is that when you live life with, with, and you prepare for everything, you end up talking much less because you, <laughs> you don't speak unless you know it's prepared. So that's that itself. I'm not commenting. That itself is a, I'm making progress, a, huh? Yeah. Okay. Next, next piece is, um, it's called the afflicted righteous. Ooh. And it's, again, it's a fascinating piece because it's something it's, that you never, you never think about it. This is this is this is what I relate to like crazy. This piece, but let's hear your take first. Well, first of all, what's the piece? The piece is that that um, Rachel was the beloved wife. She was the chosen wife. She was the the preferred wife, and Leah was not. So he says that 
she suffered. She she was always crying. She was always sad. She always felt inferior. And because of that, she worked to be, she constantly worked. Now, now he's going to be close to me. Now he's going to love me. And she always tried to overcompensate to be the better wife. And eventually, Klal Yisrael didn't come from Rachel. Klal Yisrael were called Yehudim because we come primarily from Shevet Yehuda. And we're Jews, right. we're Jewish, Judea. And, um, and it's all because Leah had to overcompensate because she was the, the black sheep and she wasn't the, the preferred wife. That's why she came out on top in the end. And this is, uh, I think we've discussed this I don't know if it's on this podcast, but we, we definitely discussed this um, uh, at the family, maybe between us. Um, I generally bring up this topic specifically with Rabbi Victor. Um, and it's kind of a little, you know, watch my words here, but very, very big difference between, and we discussed it here, didn't we not? But a natural tzaddik, we did, right. Um, and, and someone that's uh, actually worked much harder and it's very hard to, to minimize um you know a, a, a tzaddik that and it, it's actually very interesting uh it's an interesting topic because even people that we know to be you know angels of men you know special special tzaddikim they they each have a story of, of a certain crazy breakthrough that that they went through and where they felt that switch where they went from a normal person to to a you know ishalakim um, and they had to and, struggle. There was a certain struggle that they had. There's a certain uh, victory that they had to make. A certain conquest. And 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 the truth is, maybe it is inside all of us. But we do we do. I I, I think we do believe that there there are special neshamas that are born sometimes that really have. I would compare it to to if you look at athletes, right? Every one of us, if we spent, you know, if our parents would take us to, to if we had a, a passion for it, first of all, you have to have a passion for it, right? But a lot of people have a passion for it. And then there are people that are, that, that are, their parents bring them and train them. And, and then there are kids that are just committed themselves and maybe they're poor and, and they're doing it anyway. And they're training and training and training and training and all day and all night. And then they'll reach a certain level of, of a athletic athleticism, <laughs> athletics, They'll reach a certain level, right? Maybe they'll make it to the high school, to a high school team, maybe even to college, but they're not going to make it into the major leagues. And that's where the inherent natural talent comes out. And you have this, I think, with art, with creative uh, arts and, and everything else, where there are certain people that are born with with obviously specific um, skill sets and specific abilities. And and, I, and if it if it exists on a physical dimension. It must also exist on a spiritual dimension, where you know Rachel was was uh, born with with special gifts. She's going to be she was going to be the mother of Israel. She was going to be the Mama Rachel, and and Leah wasn't. She was a normal person who who worked extremely hard on herself, and maybe she did not reach that level, but in terms of efforts, she did, and she's compensated for her efforts. And so it's interesting because Ramil actually said this sort of explicitly, and it's in the third paragraph here in the Torah of Igdor Bolton. He says, yeah. um, that's why Kaj rewarded her because actually she attained a bigger perfection than Rachel. And this doesn't mean that Rachel wasn't better. Rachel started out being better, and in a certain sense, she was always better. That's why she was chosen. 
But because Leah wasn't chosen, she struggled mightily to become better and better. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu helped her in her effort to achieve, and she became more and more perfect. So you're saying, also, in you can also end, read it a little backwards and say, she wasn't chosen because she was good. She was good because she was chosen. Hashem plants tzaddikim in, in certain generations. And you see it. You see, it's, it's, it's a fact. You see, a little kid is, is just special. Um, you look at uh, in, in, in Israel, the, 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 the uh, Yanuka, uh, he's, he's, you know, a kid at nine years old finishing shas. I mean, these, these, are, these are, you know, obviously extraordinary thing. I mean, it's not natural for a kid to, even if you say he worked hard since he's four, <laughs> to learn that, you know I mean? It's not natural. It's not normal. So they, they are born with certain inherent gifts. But, but what's interesting here is that the, the, the person without any natural skills, the person without any natural gifts could attain a certain degree of success in life. And this goes across the board, whether it's business or anything else that you're trying to accomplish. And you may not be, um, I don't know, let's say a singer. Maybe you're not going to be the singer, but maybe you're going to be the producer. Maybe you're going to be the manager, and, and you'll be making even more money than the singer, um, simply because of that, the work and the effort and the motivation, the commitment to uh, do things um, beyond, really beyond your capabilities. Right. There's another point that I wanted to bring out here that Ramila said it on other occasions. He says there's two types of shlemus, and really here he says it, but in other right. places he said it clearer. There's there's the shlemus of somebody who what you were talking about. He's a tzaddik. He's like Rachel. He says she was always she was better to begin with, and even in the end, after all of Leah's hard work, she was still better because there was something inherently better right. about her that. You know, it's not a democracy. It's a shodesh neshama. It's something. It's, it's not. Uh, it's not all equal. There are some people who are better. They're born better, and they're better. But somebody who works hard, it is a different type of shleimus. So Rabbi Miller always said this: there's a shleimus of there's a there's a haba for somebody who knows Torah, and there's oilam haba for somebody who labors hard. He says, you have the, the kid who's born into Shashiva's house, where at the supper table, they, they discuss the Rambam. When he grows up, he has the whole, the whole toyota in his head. When he comes up to Shemaim, automatically he has a seat in Ganeidin, just for all that toyota that he has in his head. Now, there could be a, a Balchuva who worked from when he was 40 till he was 70. He worked hard on himself to, you know, to root out all the bad uh, influences that he had and, and, and to, to learn a little bit of Chumash, a little bit of Mishnayis. So he's also, he's a tzaddik. They're both tzaddikim, but he's a tzaddik with the whole shas a hundred times. And he's a tzaddik who never learned, never, never learned Gemara. So th there's different levels. So I think it compares to a classic Ram on, on the, the, the Memtashari Timba of there's different gauges, right? It's a different, it's a different thermometer. The Goyim have one thermometer and on our thermometer, we're at 49, which is a great vote. Well, I guess we'll get to it another time. But in this Pesach case, Pesach. I think it's very, very similar, where your Neich was a tzaddik, according to his generation, right? Yeah, Shaman. So according to that, if you look at his generation, if everyone's doing X, and I'm doing, I'm a little better, so on, on that level, I'm better. Um, which, which is also important. Like you need to, this goes back to acknowledging yourself, which we spoke about last week or two weeks ago. Um, 
We're identifying your your core strengths and just working on that. Don't don't try to be someone that you're not. Right. And there's another point that I wanted to um, mention here that is a Chavis that Ramila would quote. Chavis um, says that sometimes from a single Chet, from a single Avera, a person is going to grow more than from many mitzvahs. Sometimes a certain uh, struggle a person has, a certain um, something happened in his life, an unfortunate event or something that, that broke him in a way that spurred him on to, to work hard on himself and, to, and, and it changed him. You know, somebody misses a day of tefillin, let's say. He was going through his life, he's coasting along, he wasn't learning too much, he wasn't davening too much. And then one day before he knew it, it's at night, and he's like, oh my God, I didn't, I didn't put on film today. And that's the moment that changed. He's like, is this, is this the direction my life is heading, that I could skip film for a day? So that one day of not wearing film completely transformed him, and he, he, he completely changed, and he started working on himself. So you have sometimes that the work that you work on yourself changes you much more than, you know, whatever perfect, perfection Rachel had, she was perfect. She was a good person. She was a tzedekis. But then Leah worked on herself, and that's what really made her grow and, and, and made her the mother of Kali Yisrael. Beautiful. Yeah. So we're going mean, to move this, on. Well, to this can be an episode, just, just, for, just this topic. You can go on and on so much. It's, it's a few different topics. It, it has to be uh, expanded on and separated. Yep. Anyway, anyway the next one is, is Yaakov's Ladder. And, and this, is a, this is an idea that Rabbi Miller um, ex expanded on a lot. And that's the, idea that, that's the idea that that the ladder of Yaakov's dream, whatever happened to the others, it wasn't just something that happened. It wasn't just that he had a dream one night that he saw a ladder. Their, 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 their actions, their life is like, it's like a, it's a blueprint for the future. It's a blueprint. Whatever happened to Yaakov happened to Yosef and, and so on to the Klal Yisrael. Whatever happened to the others happened to, to us throughout history. So if Yaakov had a dream where he saw a ladder and you can go up to Shemayim using a ladder step by step, he said it's a model for us, it's something for us to learn with, to learn from, that if we want to grow and we want to go up to Shemayim, the way to do it is to, to start climbing the ladder step by step. My Shver always says, I don't know who he repeats it from, but he says, uh, people say the sky is the limit. He says, in Yiddish guy, it's not true. The sky is not the limit. There's no, there's no limit to how great you could become if you, if you look at the model of Yaakovinu's ladder and you go step by step, slowly. I, th I think um, as much as we said that Victor was a special kid, even, you know, he was a nerd, he would sit and learn when other kids would go and play. But, but I think his life actually exemplifies this, 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 this uh, idea, this concept of, of a ladder. And I think really... We can all achieve. I mean, obviously, what he told us is not all he was. But there was a lot hidden. We probably saw the, the tip of the iceberg. But um, what we saw, we probably can all achieve if we follow his model, which was the latter model, which obviously that's why he talks about it a lot, because that's what he did. He practiced it. Every day was another, another step, another little uh, way of, of trying to improve and become better. Um, I can't really relate to it that much because I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm not practicing, but, but that's, that's what it takes. I think Rav Shach 
one uh one I'll say Rosh Hashanah, I think. Yes. Um he he said he he took upon himself a, a special special Kabbalah. So they asked him to share with us. He says he's going to bench the first bracha of benching in the Siddha. That's what he's going to do this year. And that was it. That was that was the whole thing. And uh, if you do that, it's, anyone can do this. Who can? Who for who is this hard? Um, anyone can do this. And um, that's that's the ladder approach. It's the ladder approach. Yeah. So about a, a different point about the ladder is that it's it's about taking small steps and consistently cons- being take small steps and consistently climbing, doing things you know slowly but surely, and. I just want to point out this how realistic Rabbi Miller was. He says, do it every day for one month and then stop. He says, it's a good idea to stop once in a while to give yourself a rest because you can't, you can't keep up with something forever. Mikabel, for now, forever, I'm going to do... Oh, you do it for a month and then you stop. Rabbi Miller said, it's not, even, if it's going, even if it's going well, you stop and then you'll start over. When you're ready to to continue and to and to and to do it more, you'll 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 do it again. If you take two steps forward, even if you take one step back, you're still a step forward. So that's 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 how you climb gradually, slowly but surely. Yeah. I mean, the Masilsi Sharm says somewhere that if you when if you're going up a spiral staircase, you're going up the spiral staircase. So you might be going up 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 and then you're like hey i'm at the same place where i started off but you're not at the same even though you feel like you're at the same place where you started off but you're a few a few floors higher so that's a that's a good muscle to keep in mind when somebody works on yourself when whatever you do that little step that you took you have that forever so even if you fall back down again you took a little step forward that's it you went up the ladder you can apply it in business as well i always i always say that if you want to make hundred million dollars right you can do that today you make a dollar today it's it's a part of the sum of you know a hundred million dollars it's just one part but it's part of it now not everyone can make a hundred million dollars but we can try and if we actually look at that as the total sum of what we want to accomplish so we made a dollar so we're part <laughs> we're almost there we started if we don't do it's anything good. And we're definitely not. It's we're good. definitely not making it. Yeah, it's it's good that you bring this analogy because Rabbi Miller says that you. He says only when it comes to avoid the Hashem for some reason, people want to jump to the top. He says when it comes to making a hundred million dollars, the guy selling peanuts isn't going to say, "Well, I'm only selling peanuts. I'm never going to make money. Ah, I'll stay home. I'm not going to. I'm not going to sell my peanuts." No, he sells his peanuts, and he tries to sell more peanuts. He tries to open another stand. He's trying, he's trying, even though he's, what did he make? He made 20 bucks today, but he's still going to try. He's going to aim for that $100 million. When it comes to Avodah Hashem, for some reason, you feel like it's either, it's all or nothing. It's not that I could take this small step and, and grow with this small step. And what Ramel is telling us is that you can. You take a half a minute a day, a minute a day, and slowly it, it changes. It, you change. Next year, Vayetze 5782, the wicked make us great. So here, Rabbi Miller is talking about how we find that when Yaakov left his parents' house, he saw Malachim in a dream. But when he left Lavan's house, 
he saw actual Malachim. So we see that he grew from seeing Malachim just in a dream to seeing real life Malachim. He grew in Lavan's house. That's where he became great. So he says, uh, all the perfection Yaakov achieved um, was already wrapped up in the seed that was planted in, the, in, in that house. He's talking about the house of Lavan, not in the house of Yitzchak and Rivka, not in the house of Shem Ever. He acquired his true perfection, the most unlikely place in the house of Lavan. He says, Lavan is a very difficult father-in-law to live with. A shver like Lavan can be a big pain, even, even if he lives in Australia and you're in Brooklyn. But to actually live with Lavan, he says that it was, it was tough. It was very, very hard. It was very hard for him. And that's how he became great. You become great by going through difficulty, by encountering difficulty. And that's such a big yesoid for life. That's just, that's what life is all about. People think, okay, when I get this done, it's going to be easy. When I have that, it's going to be easy. I just, I can't wait for it to be smooth sailing. And there's no smooth sailing. When there's smooth sailing, it's over. The whole, the whole point of life is to, to overcome difficulties and to overcome challenges. And that's what I it's all about. I think it's much about. more than that. I think one of the hardest things to overcome, one of the hardest Midas to overcome is to work on your annoyance level with people that annoy you. Um, it can be a workmate, it could be someone on the next table in shul, it could be anyone that annoys you. And 99.9% .9 of us have that in our lives, and 99.9% .9 of us do not overcome that and cannot find a way to overcome it, myself included. You know, people that just annoy you and you have absolutely no way to deal with it and no matter what you try, you just can't. Um, that is extremely, extremely hard thing to overcome and that is why real greatness can come out of that. In other words, not that in Lovin's house um, he had to work harder to learn Toyota, let's say, which he did. Just the fact that he was an annoying criminal crook who lied and cheated, and he had to live in his house, and he had to see him in the morning for the coffee, and then afternoon for lunch, and then for supper, and chalamoid, and he was there. He had that glibness, the way he lied, and the way he, he spoke to Yaakov. Like, every year when I, when I get to Shnai Mikra on, on Vayetze, I just, I can't take it. I get so mad at him, the way he talks. He's like, I was so nice to you, and uh, oh, I can't. We can't give you the, the the younger daughter before the older daughter. Nah, we don't do that here. Like a deal is a deal, you know. It's, it's, uh, he just uh, he just gets mad every year. Yeah, I can't imagine people, living with that. Those people are extremely hard. I I dealt with someone recently. Um, I don't want to throw him under the bus, but. And no one's going to know who I'm talking about regardless. But I dealt with someone recently, um, just in business, someone who kind of had that approach, told you, I gave you. And those, it's so hard to deal with those, those people because it's almost like there's a, uh, what do you call, like the, there's, 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 a, there's a major uh, mental problem there. They've got, they've got a real complex. And imagine living with someone like that in your house. Did you take the coffee? No, I, I didn't. No, I. <laughs> just they, every minute it's something else, and if you can overcome and grow connected to a person like that, and even even respect them and appreciate them, 
and stop being annoyed by them, that builds you up as a great, great person. Not yes, if you're annoyed. You have to be truly annoyed. <laughs> if you're just a lamella and you're just a nice guy and you don't get annoyed, then you didn't you didn't achieve anything. So I think just to take it to, to sort of sum everything up, this week it was all about um, self improvement. It was about a career of preparing, about uh, you know not just doing going through life, but actually preparing for things. And then it went through how do you prepare the afflicted righteous when you go through difficulty? That's what makes you grow. And then there's Yaakov's ladder about growing step by step. Don't beat yourself up that you didn't grow yet. You grow step by step, slowly but surely. And then that's, uh, even when you have challenges and you have people who annoy you, that's how you grow. That's the way, that's the way to grow. Hey, that's what we're all here for. We're here to grow. So I wish everybody a good Shabbos, a good week and, uh, continue growing through the Titan.